Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The 2017 Polaris Music Prize will be awarded in Toronto on September 18th, and after years of serving as a jury member, this year I'm actually serving on the Grand Jury. On this episode, you will hear the opinions of actual Grand Jury members before we all get together to deliberate about the winner. But first, what is this award, you might be wondering? Well, let me read you something from the Polaris Music Prize website. The Polaris Music Prize is a juried award determined by journalists, broadcasters, bloggers, and programmers from across Canada. Jury members are selected annually by the Polaris Board of Directors. The Polaris jury consists of 196 members from local and national media who display a wide breadth and depth of knowledge of Canadian music and passion for discovering new albums. All jury members submit a ballot indicating their top five albums of the year. The results form the Polaris Prize long list, and after a second round of voting, the Polaris Prize short list. An 11-member grand jury is selected each year to convene at the Polaris Gala, where they determine the Polaris Prize winner. The Polaris Music Prize will award 50000 Canadian dollars to the artist who creates the Canadian Album of the Year. Each of the nine other shortlisted artists will receive $3,000, courtesy of Slate Music. The award is judged solely on artistic merit without consideration of genre or record sales. The 2017 10 shortlisted albums are A Tribe Called Red for We Are the Hallucination, Bad Bad Not Good for Four, Leonard Cohen for You Wanted Darker, Gord Downey for Secret Path, Feist for Pleasure, Lisa LeBlanc for Why You Want to Leave, Runaway Queen, Lido Pimienta for La Papesa, Tanya Tagak for Retribution, Leif Volebeck for Twin Solitude, and Weaves for their self-titled debut record. Now, while the grand jury first convenes the day before the gala and then makes their final decision on the night of, I actually invited each of my colleagues onto this show to answer two questions. Number one, what was your top shortlist choice before you were selected as a grand jury member and why? And number two, since joining the grand jury, which one of these 10 records has surprised you the most and why? So we left each conversation without a definitive sense of how they were going to vote finally or, or at least what they were advocating for. But at the same time, a strong sense of where their hearts and minds are at the current moment. Here to answer these questions are grand jurors Laura Stanley... Eric Leon, Tara McCarthy, Brian Cleveland, Francella Fialos, and Nick Cruen. Sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Hello Fresh Canada, this is six of 11 members of the 2017 Polaris Music Prize Grand Jury. Well, actually, it's, I just realized, it's seven. It's, you have to include me. It's seven. It's those six people and me. Seven. Seven members of the 2017 Polaris Music Prize Grand Jury on the 349th episode of Creative Control with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi there. 
I'm Laura Stanley from Toronto. I am a freelance journalist who writes for Exclaim. I've been on Bandcamp. I'm also an editor of the Canadian music blog Grey Owl Point. Um, and I am a 2017 Grand Jury member. Hi, Laura. Thanks for the introduction. That was an amazing hey, introduction. I'm glad we got yeah, to... Yeah, it was. I just wanted your resume at the, off the top of this so that yeah. we, your bona fides were clear to everyone. Well, I'm so glad. I am available for jobs, if anyone... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is essentially a job application uh, segment. This, this isn't LinkedIn radio. I thought it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of. Sometimes I post about the show on LinkedIn. I don't know what, what else to do on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. me neither, yeah. <laughs> so I, I thank you for taking part in this little exercise. Uh, I have two questions for you, and I'm I'm trying to round up as many jury members as possible to ask them these two questions. Here's the first one. What was your top shortlist choice before you were selected as a grand jury member for the 2017 Polaris Music Prize and why? Okay, my top choice was Leaf's Twin Solitude. West London alleyways San Pedro's Valley's hay. I have been a big fan of Leafs for a while. Um, the record, his previous record, North Americana, I thought it was just so, so fantastic and incredible. And I think it was January or February 2016. Leaf, he played at a show in Toronto at the Burdock, and it was part of their piano fest that they had, which they brought in like a baby grand piano for a few days. So he came. And I, I went, and he played a bunch of new songs at the time, which then showed up on Twin Solitude. And I was so moved by these songs. Like, they were <clears throat> they were just incredible. I think mm. he played Elegy and Vancouver Time, and I think Into the Ether as well. And that night, as all good shows do, stayed with me for a while. And then when Twin Solitude came out, I was moved again by these songs. And the record is is very subtle, it's very sparse, but it's also very, very warm. Um, I think for me it stands out because it meditates on like a specific mood. He leaves room yeah. uh, to breathe and consider things, and we subsequently do as well. Um, and I love the ways that he explores duality throughout the record. Like we are all these like individual entities floating about and then we're just thrown together. And what does that look like? Um, there's a line in Vancouver time, the first song that I love so much and I keep coming back to it. You was in some evening gown. I was wearing jeans. Sometimes we run alongside each other. Sometimes, babes, like there's no other. Sometimes we make horrible loves. Sometimes we're just mean. Which to me is just like this beautiful representation of a relationship mm -hmm. and what two separate entities intertwined look like and it was it was interesting because I, I listened to your episode with leaf on it and he was as charming as ever um <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was uh it was interesting because i think you you said that you felt that the record was a driving record yeah and yeah that's like, right i did say that yeah i feel like for me it was like one half of this record is a driving record like the first side because again it has these two distinct sides to it so the first half he's on his piano and he's seated and to me it's like all the places that he names it's just like he's been there and he's going through this all in his head yeah. but then on the second side with the guitar mostly i mean aside from rest which is like its own entity but he has his guitar and that first song michigan which to me is like is the B-side. He says, like, got my hat, got my guitar, pack up the back, get in the car, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, now he's on the road, and now he's taking his thoughts or whatever on the road. Yeah, um, yeah. But yet, like, despite all of that, like, restlessness or worry, or there is, like, these sad parts to this, the record, like, I don't think it's a sad record at all, and I think people have kind of written it off as this sad 
hushed kind of record and it is hush but like it's not i find it very peaceful like yeah, he's gone I, through I didn't think this. it was sad yeah I didn't, I didn't think it was sad. i'm so glad i'm yeah. so glad yeah i think early reviews of it came out and it was like oh yeah you know it's sad or i don't know yeah people think it's sad but it's not it's not sad i think it's like he went through or or you can go through all this like terrible crap in your life but then you're okay yeah like he, I think it's on Elegy, he says, well, my feet may be tired, but my spirit ain't broken. And it's like, yes, he's okay. Yeah. This I, is great. I agree. I, I agree yeah. with you. It is a meditative and peaceful record, but I don't think it's a defeated record in any way. No. Yeah. 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 Well, I I appreciate your insight. Thanks for listening to our episode. I was happy with that one. Yeah, that was the one person who listened. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think that one's doing okay. That episode yeah, seems to, uh, I've gotten some notes about the, the conversation with Leaf and uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Okay. So I think you articulated yourself very well there about uh, your your top choice going in. Uh, since joining the grand jury, which one of the ten records that uh, we you you have to vote on? Which of these ten records mm-hmm. has surprised you the most, and why? So I think that one is uh, Lido's La Papiesa. Oh. It surprised me. I had heard great things about Lido, but I had never listened to her music until it was on the long list. And then, of course, I've been listening to it a lot since. Like, I think right off the bat, I was drawn to it because it's so movable and it makes me want to dance badly because that's the only way I know how to dance but I still want to to move to it and it's so bright and colorful and there's so much happening and I love that you can hear Leto's voice so prominently but then there's all this other stuff happening in the background which you can follow if you want or just kind of like let it wash over you um but and then I mean I don't under I I don't speak Spanish I don't understand Spanish so we when we got the translation of the lyrics, the grand jury members, yeah. it was like a whole new experience for mm, me. Right, right. Like all of a sudden, I found out that she's singing about, you know, feminism and, you know, autonomy and environmentalism. And it's a record about being, you know, resilient. And um, I think there's, it's the second song she sings. Um, I wasn't born to cook for you or give you children. I wasn't born to fit into no heteronormative soap opera. I wasn't born to set worldwide feminism back. So all of a sudden, I'm dancing badly to like these feminist anthems, which mm-hmm. is always just welcome and super awesome. Nice. Well, I, that, that's the beauty of this. If there's virtue in a, a contest like this, and some people would argue there is, some people would argue there isn't, but I think one of the great strengths of this whole exercise is you discover things, right? You discover records you mm-hmm. hadn't heard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Laura, I appreciate this. We'll see. Uh, I appreciate uh, your, your responses to both. I don't want to find out anything more. We'll uh, save it for <laughs> the gala and figure out where you end up. But uh, it, it, I mean, in closing, this has been an interesting process for you, hasn't it? There's this notion of taking 10 records and competing them against one another. It, it can change your mind about things, can it? Oh, absolutely. It's a it's a fantastic process. It's a weird process. It's the best process. It's, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate this, and uh, good luck with your deliberations. Thank you, Vish. See you soon. Hello, my name is Eric Layen. I am from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and I'm a freelance music journalist for Cult Montreal, the Montreal Gazette, and Thump, rest in peace. And uh, I'm on this year's Grand Jury. It's my first time, and I'm very excited. Oh, well, Eric, it's you sound excited. I could tell you've got, you're not jaded about anything. You seem stoked. Well, I'm not a I'm not a young go getter, but I feel like a young go getter. <laughs> well, that's all. I'm an old yeah. go. I'm a, I'm a I'm a rapidly aging go getter. Age ain't nothing but a number. That's what I've heard. So, Eric, it's uh, it's good to have you on the show, 
And uh, I thank you for your time. I have two questions for you, as I've been asking your fellow jurors. Uh, the first one is, what was your top shortlist choice before you were selected as a grand jury member for the uh, 2017 Players Music Prize, and why? So my top choice uh, actually shifted a lot this year uh, compared to previous years where I was sort of locked into my pick. But this year I went with Bad Bad Not Goods 4. It was, I think, the first album that I heard from this sort of Polaris cycle because it came out in, I think, early June last year. Mm -hmm. And I almost forgot about it. And I think I, I took it, I started taking it for granted for a while. But uh, once the, the, the long list came out, I started listening to it again uh, quite frequently. And I just, all the emotions came rushing back. It's just this incredible piece of the, the music's past, music's future. It's, you know, Brian Wilson one second and Ghostface the next second. And it's just these young men who can basically do anything with their instruments and they made this album in a studio they built and it's just kind of everything that i love about young people making music right now i will fully agree with you in many respects because i also loved it when it came out kind of put it away in my head because it came out like you say quite a while ago and then i revisited it for this process and it occurred to me that it is one of the most incredible records I've ever heard. It's really, I think, leaps and bounds uh, uh, above some of their previous work. And I, as you say, it, it, it encompasses all sorts of styles and the guest appearances are really impactful. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's just, and, and sort of on a, on, a, on a technical level, like it, they, they play great and it sounds great and sort of the full-time inclusion of a saxophone player uh, sort of adds a lot of sort of, you know, dynamics and power to it. But then just the recording quality too. It has this way of, it, it doesn't sound like they're trying to sound like an old jazz record. No. And they're not trying to sound hyper-modern either, but it has this great timeless feel that just perfectly complements whatever song they're doing. Uh, you know, like that Colin Stetson song. My goodness, that is the greatest thing. That is the greatest thing. And it, it, it sounds as, you know, Colin Stetson records also sound great. But like him with the band, it, it just sounds, it's one of the best sounding Colin Stetson songs ever. And yeah. then the, the first track of the record, which sounds like a, a Pet Sounds tribute. Or Kraftwerk maybe? I got a Kraftwerk vibe from And That Too myself. I could definitely see that. Yeah, see? Now I'm blowing your mind. And then, <laughs> yeah, the Colin song Confessions Part 2, just just unbelievable. It's just, it's a roller coaster ride. I think it's stunning. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, it's an album that, uh, yeah, just because of its release date was easy to sleep on. But uh, I think now, now that the deeper I get into this, the more I'm just like locked in that it's my pick. Yeah, and that well, it probably should have been all along. Yeah, so weirdly, the next question <laughs> is about a record that has surprised you the most, and you've kind of you and I maybe both agree that it, in some ways the bad, bad, not good record came back to surprise us. But, but you know, let's. I'm going to try to. I'm, I'm trying to. Get, I, I'm wondering if the answer is going to be the same. But I'm going to ask the follow up question: Since you've joined the grand jury, which one of these ten records has surprised you the most, and why? The one that I think has, has sort of rapidly risen on my list uh, is Lisa LeBlanc's Why You Want to Leave Runaway Queen. I won't say it to your face, so I'll write a song about it. I won't say it to your face, so I'll write a song about it. I love you like a sister, I love you like a sister. Come on, we've been friends this long. I love you like a sister, so I watch you like a 
uh, and it's funny because I've, uh, I feel like I know her pretty well. I've interviewed her before, and I've I've covered some of her earliest releases. I've seen her play, you know, Quebec music festival showcases for years. And I felt like I, I, I sort of knew what I liked about her. I love her, her guitar tone and her banjo tone. It's like a it's like a punk rock heavy metal. Like when she did Ace of Spades, it did not surprise me at all. Yeah, she she's been doing heavy metal banjo for a long time. And then sort of this album came out, and it's like a primarily English record, and it had these sort of long, uh, Panic at the Disco esque song titles. Hmm. And I think I was just a, a little put off by it at first. Uh, right. But you know, now now that sort of we're locked into the shortlist, and I've got to I've got to listen, and I'm and I and I you know I cannot escape. I I realize that it's actually her by far her best work. Well, you know, I think the Courtney Barnett comparisons have been amping up on this record, and and maybe the song titles, the wordiness of it, uh, maybe that's part of that whole Courtney Barnett sphere that people are picking up on i don't know uh i i would say musically they're quite a bit different courtney barnett is definitely in that 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 90s you know i don't want to use the words like like angular or jittery or whatever they use but that very courtney barnett's mind is running a mile a minute well there's a pavement thing going on with courtney barnett for sure in terms of like messing with language and and words but i do think um there's a song on lisa's record called uh dump the guy asap that to me is a very Courtney Barnett-esque, if you will. And tell myself, wouldn't it be lovely if you just dumped the guy ASAP? Wouldn't it be lovely if you just dumped the guy ASAP? I'll have to get. I'll have to get back into that. I. I... I, in, in sort of my estimation, it was Lisa LeBlanc's record was very much sort of a progression of what she's been doing. Hmm. Um, and it's funny because I thought that maybe by shifting to to English lyrics, that maybe something would be would be lost or that she would lose her identity a little bit. But it's actually the opposite. Yeah, I would. Agree. I find her lyrics are actually more interesting on this record than previous records, and and that that could also just have to do with personal experiences. I know that she she minds personal experience and sort of the, the funny situations that she encounters in her life yeah and turns those into songs perhaps she just had a more inspiring uh time but um yeah i i i actually think that going to english is, has has worked wonders for her well you know she was on my show a couple episodes back and we had an extensive conversation about this new album and i i too was surprised by what i'd just the conversation really helped me delve deeper into the meaning behind the record and what she was going through. And, and as you say, uh, her progression, I think she's aware of it too. You know, something has shifted within her and, but it feels like a uh, organic. So I think that's a, that's a fine choice of yours as well. And uh, Eric, you know, we're, you got a hard, you got a hard decision to make here coming up soon. Are you, are you ready? I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, really looking forward to hearing everybody make their case. Yeah. Um, cause I, the more that I listen and you know, the fact that you have to listen to these records, you know, I'm, I'm up to like 15, 20 times for each competitively. You have to listen to them against each other. It changes the listening experience completely. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to not fall in love with each record yeah. through repeat listens because it, it's, it's hard. I mean, it, nothing makes the short list and is like absolutely terrible. Yeah, I, I will say, like, you know, having not been involved on this level before, uh, to be this immersed in the process, which I viewed somewhat, I think like a lot of people view the process sort of cynically of, and the winner is always, you know, there's all a hand-wringing about the whole thing. But I do think the point of it for m- what I am enjoying about this process, and what, what it sounds like you're saying as well, is just to del- to be able to make yourself engage with music on this level. It's like a luxury we don't give ourselves that often like i'm going to get into every aspect of a record we i think it's just a different cultural landscape now where that doesn't happen as much uh for some of us depending on your age and what how much time you have and you know the various mediums you have at your disposal uh all of that can play a part of it but i'm yeah it's amazing to delve so deeply into it and it's i'm enjoying it it's culturally enriching for me 
Yeah, I mean, nowadays it's just it's so easy to give everything a cursory listen, or you know, not even listen to full tracks, just sort of listening to the opening riff and and making a rash decision. Because there's just so much music out there. Yeah, it's like a mental checklist. All right, I listened to that album. I did it. I accomplished that. Whereas, you know, as a kid, I would listen to the same. I know lyrics from when I was a teenager. I know whole album lyrics because I would just listen to a record in my car or on a on a various, you know, record player, CD player, whatever. I just listen to tape player. I just would listen to everything 150,000 times. And now I, I don't know if it's just a... I wondered if it was just a an aspect of being older and having less time to do that stuff. But I don't know. It's, it is interesting. So I'm enjoying it. It sounds like you are too. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to meeting everybody in person. Yeah. Well, Eric, I thank you for this and, and best of luck with your decision making going forward. You too. Hey, my name's Tara McCarthy. I live in Whitehorse, Yukon. I've lived here for 10 years. I'm the editor of Yukon North of Ordinary, which is a magazine available on Air North. That's Yukon's airline. It's also available across the country. And I also moonlight every now and then as a guest host on CBC Yukon in Whitehorse as well. Very nice. Tara, thank you so much for being on uh, this show. Hey, it's my pleasure to be with you. I've flown Air North, I think. Oh, have you? Well, it's a luxurious airline. You may remember a warm cookie that might have been served to you while on the airline. I believe that's true. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> flying from Whitehorse to 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 uh, Austin City. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a lovely, memorable trip. Is everything good in the Yukon? Are you happy there? Everything's just going. Yeah. Well, well like I alluded to, I've been here for ten years. Uh, it's just an amazing place to live, and as you know, because you've made a visit to Whitehorse briefly in Dawson for the Dawson City Music Festival well, a number correct. of years ago. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, we we basically are are a giant slice of Canadiana up in this northwest corner of our country, and it's it's just gorgeous up here. If you love the great outdoors, but also if you love arts and culture, there's a great scene up here for sure. Beautiful. I, it is honestly one of the most memorable things I've ever done traveling up there, and the people were so warm and kind and and generous. So uh, yeah, I, I hope I can get back sometime. We like to pride ourselves on our northern hospitality, <laughs> so I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you uh, remember that. <laughs> Absolutely, it stays with me all the time. I tell people about that trip often. Well, uh, we have some business here. It's uh, very simple. I have two questions for you. Uh, in in because you have a role as a grand jury member for the 2017 Players Music Prize, uh, you've gone from a regular jury member to grand jury member. So congratulations mm-hmm. on that. And uh, thank you. It's my absolute pleasure to be on the grand jury. I'm very flattered. It's pretty fun. I have to say, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm enjoying it myself. All right. So here is uh, I have two questions for you. Here's the first one. What was your top shortlist choice before you were selected as a grand jury member, and why? Well, this is actually an interesting answer for me to give, because technically you're only allowed to slot one into the first position, number one, uh, but I actually had a tie, and this tie stuck with me the entire time as I was waiting to submit my ballot, uh, and my tie was between Feist, Pleasure, and Lee Fulbeck, Twin Solitude. Those two albums just totally struck a chord with me. I see. Uh, I- inevitably, I put Feist in the number one spot. I- you are the same man Either fiction or dreaming We know enough to admit We know enough to admit We know enough to admit It's my pleasure And your pleasure It's my pleasure I don't know that I've come to a complete and full answer because I kept going back and forth in my mind, but ultimately I think what it is, is I remember listening to Feist you know, back in the day, years and years ago, when she released her first albums, when she was part of Broken Social Scene, and, and you know, we'd hear her voice crop up in different songs in that collective. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a bit of a nostalgia for me to hear from her again, after medals, and just to to hear the way she's she's altered herself, but also kept true to 
what many of us love so much about Feist. Right. Uh, I think her songwriting has a simplicity, but it's very endearing. Uh, it takes you to a place. It takes you into her heart a bit. But also with this album, it was fun to hear her kind of mess around. I mean, you you hear yourself get into the car with her on a track. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and then to, to also include some little bits of, of pop culture in Canada with Choir, Choir, Choir making an appearance and, and working with different artists, but also... I think ultimately what really struck me with Feist's pleasure is the way she uses her vocals as though it's another instrument within the music. Mm -hmm. Uh, She really plays around with that, as she's always kind of done. Um, But here we just see a different side of her. Uh, She gets a little stripped down on this one, too, and it's very personal. And I think one of the reasons why I had so much trouble deciding between hers and Leaf is because Leaf kind of offers the same thing on Twin Solitude. It's a very personal album. It's very poetic. Um, It's extremely beautiful uh, to listen to front to back. And so I think that's why the two battled with me. Hmm. Ultimately, I think it was just my my inner fandom for Feist that uh, led her to take the top spot. Okay, well that's that's a fair answer. You've got I've never no one has mentioned uh, tying, so that's fascinating mm-hmm. uh, for me. And uh, maybe we can delve into that a little bit further uh, uh, in a few moments. But before sure. we get to that, I want to ask my my second question: Since joining the grand jury, since elevating from the jury to the grand jury. Which one of these 10 records has surprised you the most and why? Now, this was a really difficult question to tackle uh, because I think the word surprised can mean so many different things. But I think it what it was for me ultimately, and this was a front runner for me, and spoiler alert, made my shortlist ballot as well. <laughs> uh, but I would have to go with Bad, Bad, Not Good. Uh, And the reason why is because this album, uh, Four, for those that don't know the name of the album, Four, it it really just, it struck me as I I began to listen and re-listen and continue to listen to all the shortlist picks, uh, it it just held so well on its own as the only instrumental offering on the shortlist. And I'm a lyrics lover. Day in, day out, I'm a lyrics lover. And I I connect with lyrics. They resonate with me. Obviously, I just referenced that with Feist and with Leaf. And so what I found so fascinating and surprising, to use the word in your question, is just that this, you know, fusing jazz with hip hop, this instrumental with a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of um, vocals on a a few of the songs. Very strong vocals, I might add. Very very strong vocals. Beautiful songs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam Herring with that scratchiness, that bluesy voice on Time Moves Slow, and then Charlotte Day Wilson when she chimes in and In Your Eyes. These are highlight tracks for sure. Absolutely, yeah. But what I loved is how is how this whole album just carried uh, carried me, and it took me on this this journey. I love that it it has that feel where it's very improvisational, which is what I've always loved about jazz. I mean, I remember being uh, you know of drinking age and finally getting the chance to go to the Rex when I was living just outside of Toronto because I'm born and raised in Mississauga, and I remember being able to fall deeply in love with that improvisation that jazz offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to hear that with this sort of modern twist of the hip hop. Um, I loved it, like I say, during the whole process as a juror. Uh, but then it just really surprised me because it has it has formed new legs, I guess, as I've been listening to the shortlist over and over again. Because here it is against a lot of incredible vocals uh, and, you know, experimental vocals, if you want to call it that, with Tanya Tagak as well, offering us something. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. From a very different 
uh, corner of, of Canada's culture that's beautiful too. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Tribe Called Red as well in the mix. But Bad, Bad, Not Good, just just uh, stripping it down to just instrumentals. And I don't even want to say just instrumentals because it's so much more than that, uh, has really impressed me. And I think it just shows the caliber of what they're producing. Uh, and that even though, you know, we're not digging into these deep lyrics on every song, these are still tracks that that resonate uh, and, and really offer us something different and show us what is so amazing about what our Canadian music industry is capable of these days. I, I totally concur. I totally agree about the bad, bad, not good. And I've had a, a, another conversation about that with a, a fellow jury member, a jury member rather. And uh, yeah, it is uh, one of the most dynamic records I've, I've ever heard. And it, mm-hmm. it, it, I loved it when it came out, but I left it alone. And then this process has, has had me revisit it. And I realized just how accomplished it it's just a remarkable album by them so whatever happens i'm happy to hear that uh they showed up as a as a surprise for you that's great mm-hmm. yeah. well and i think you hit the nail on the head there it's just that i have been listening to it for quite a while and you know i was aware of the band already i didn't discover them through this process uh, but it was just interesting how as they kept going back to it and listening to it again uh you know after the after it made the long list uh and then once it made the short list and over the course of these last few weeks since finding out i'm a grand juror that's when it's really just started to become this whole new thing for me, as some of the al- other albums have as well. Yeah. But this one was a standout. Uh, and then even just to see them bringing other people into the mix, like Colin Stetson and his dynamic contribution to this album too. It's just been really uh, interesting to dig into that that genre of Canadian music that I'll admit to say is not the, the one that I dig into the most and very strongly inclined toward you know, the singer songwriter stuff or the, the more kind of alternative, uh, you know, sort of the, sort of the radio friendly, um, music that you're often hearing on, on radio two at CBC radio two and things like that. That's where my heart gravitate, gravitates towards. You're a so pop, been, you're a pop music fan of, to some degree. I mean, a folk, to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Verse, yeah, chorus, folk, verse, bridge kind of person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah folk yeah. roots. Um, because again, it goes back to what I said about, uh, my top choices is just that I am, I'm so inclined to dig into lyrics and and get that emotion and what I found really uh, intriguing and appealing about Bad Bad Not Good's album four is that they're conjuring that up in me without lyrics with this instrumentation that, yeah, just is is the jazz that I knew and loved growing up fused with the hip hop I knew and loved as I got older. (laughs) And it's kind of taking me in all these different directions. So Apparently, I'm just a really nostalgic person, and I'm still living <laughs> living in the past. <laughs> I'm looking for the past in my future. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned that uh, you had a difficult decision to make about your, your top shortlist choice. What I've found truly fascinating about this is listening to music competitively, because I've not been, you know, we, are, we we've been on the broader jury before, and you have to do a bit of this, but it's like 50 records and you know, I don't know about you. I don't go through all 50. I kind of know because I made the first ballot. I'm like, yeah, no, I think that's I'm OK. I'll re- I'll check out some stuff. But mm-hmm. this notion of we have to pick from 10 specific records, listening to them against each other is very odd, isn't it? Do you find that your 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 mind has been changed in any way uh, as you've gone on? I think so. And it is it is a very different way to listen to music because generally, like you were kind of getting at there is, you know, we listen to music and we kind of know what we like. And then that's the stuff that you, uh, you know, decide to listen to avidly. And that and it could even surprise you and it could be something that's outside of a genre that you normally gravitate toward. But we're never listening to it in this competitive sense. No. Now, all of a sudden, I have so much respect for jury members in any sorts of arts and culture. When you think about those who are jurying anything from, you know, art competitions to those who are picking best picture at the Academy Awards, how do you stack up? Yeah, grants of what, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. How do you stack up all of these offerings that are so very different? I mean, you look at the 10 records that are on the shortlist. One, I think it's a beautiful thing that it's so indicative of the diversity in our Canadian music industry today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, it's really tough because it is so diverse. And how do you put, uh, you know, a bad, bad, not good against a Lisa LeBlanc, against a Leif Volbeck, against a Tanya Tagak, against a Tribe Called Red? You know, like this is this is where it is really exciting and really tough to be a grand jury member. Yeah. Uh, because and that's exactly why when it even came down to me selecting my number one spot for my shortlist ballot, 
it was even difficult for me to take these two albums that, you know, were initially on my long list ballad as well, that I love, that I listen to as, you know, just personally, because I care about them so much, and then to choose which one is first. Uh, so it goes back to that competitive nature where I thought, but how do I just compare these apples and oranges yeah. and decide which one's the better fruit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's funny, just like people who know about my role this year are like, well, you know, so-and-so should win because they need the money or so-and-so mm-hmm. shouldn't win. And you're like, well, that's not what it's about. Totally. But that's their go-to. It's just funny, the external perception. I've never, I mean, I guess that also speaks to like, how do you judge the best art, you know? And and that's yeah. that's something we get mired into. But I mean, that might be a whole other podcast, I, I would say, a whole <laughs> other conversation. Um, Tara, I thank you so much for your insight here, and I wish you the best of luck in your decision-making process going forward. Hey, thanks so much for the call. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, Brian Cleveland here from St. John, New Brunswick. I'm affiliated with Local 107.3 FM CFMH, the campus community radio station located at UNB St. John. And I'm really ecstatic this year to be participating on the Players Music Prize Grand Jury. Brian, it's nice to speak with you. Uh, Are things well in St. John? Uh, They're wonderful. You know, it's been a pretty big year here in St. John, musically, lots of things happening. The ECMAs happened a few months back, lots of new festivals, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, everything's going great. It's a lovely province, uh, home to Sappy Fest, which is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, yeah, great, great time. There's uh, just tons of uh, festivals growing and getting stronger and lots of new things kind of being catalysts from those experiences and the knowledge from all those folks. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's growing, things are busy, and... It's uh, kind of a fun time to be around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm happier on the jury. I have two questions for you, and uh, I'm going to start with the first one. What was your top shortlist choice before you were selected as a grand jury member, and why? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So <laughs> my uh, my top pick when the list came out, actually, you know, I don't if I can. Th- think of what it is now and if I can think back of what it was prior it might be different but I'm not 100% sure um I've certainly learned a lot about the different uh, the different artists as it's changed and everything and in previous years I think it was really obvious to me really quickly off the bat yeah. uh, who the artist or who the album I, I really wanted to win would be I certainly recognize at times that uh, that being a larger jury member from the Maritimes and certainly New Brunswick is kind of a a rare thing. Uh, So I certainly often uh, throw a lot of my personal support towards uh, some of the local artists or the homegrown folks. Uh, So I think off the bat, my, uh, my top pick would have had to have been Lisa LeBlanc, uh, why you want to leave runaway queen. Um, You know, there's not really technically anyone from the Maritimes or the French community represented this year on the short list. Uh, so I definitely paid a lot of attention to this album, of course, as someone uh, from Moncton, New Brunswick, or from near Moncton, New Brunswick, uh, certainly a really strong Acadian artist and definitely somebody who's making a pretty big proponent for New Brunswick. She's really helped kind of pave the way for a lot of uh, Francophone Acadian New Brunswickers, uh, definitely different artists that are making pretty big names for themselves in Quebec and France and beyond. Uh, such as Les Hay Babies, Les Hostes de l'Air, and lots of other, mm-hmm. lots of other artists like that. So certainly someone who uh, who represents New Brunswick very well. And uh, I felt like this album really captured her artistry that I'd seen live. Uh, that on her previous first album, I thought kind of was a bit more folky and not as much uh, rock and blues as is featured on uh, on this album. And I really appreciate a lot of the insights that she gave to you. On, uh, on one of the episodes of uh, Creative Control recently. Uh, you know, definitely a different st- song struck out to me for different reasons. And, and overall, it's a pretty funny record and lots of diverse uh, diverse uh, tracks for sure. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of the record for sure. But it's fascinating to me that your impulse was to vote on a regional sort of level as opposed to an artistic level, right? They make a big deal about how the... The prize is meant to be uh, for the record that is artistically 
uh, excellent. But it's true. We all have our little biases, don't we? We all want to vote for uh, people we uh, even, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's that's just a fascinating thing. You might vote for someone who's who, who, who you know vaguely or <laughs> or sure, who, sure. who might be from the same <laughs> yeah. town you, you live in or something. And it sounds like that that did play a role in, in your decision to uh, get behind Lisa. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in saying that, that's like the that's not necessarily the album that I voted for as the top. It's just kind of like the album that it, when the list came out, that's uh, that's one that I would have really liked to have seen. Um, and you know, and certainly, I kind of have a focus on the Maritime just because that's where I am and that's the kind of artists I'm reading about. Those are the kind of artists that I'm listening to. But then you'll find on my other ballots that there's definitely artists that are. Uh, you know, not from the Maritimes and I'm not voting for them simply because they're from the Maritimes. It just ends up that, that a lot of Maritime artists get on there because those are the albums I'm listening to the most. And right. in listening to them the most, they become my favorites and the albums that I think are the best. But, uh, but certainly, you know, I, or I take your point well. And, and, uh, and uh, I certainly try to think of all of that uh, as well as not just uh, you know not having an, or not just focusing on biases and not voting for quote unquote my friends and things like that. Well, this brings us to the second question because I think uh, since you've joined the grand jury, uh, I don't know if you're like me, but that kind of changes your relationship with all of the records because you kind of have mm -hmm. to listen to them against one another. So even if you had a favorite going in from the long list uh, process into the short list. And then you see the short list and you have to kind of be, well, maybe the short list doesn't, the, the final short list doesn't reflect what you are hoping to see on the short list, but you've kind of have to settle, you know, you kind of have to be like, well, if, if it has to be one of these 10, uh, I have to, I would vote for this. Then you get on the grand jury and you're like, oh no, I actually have to make that decision. Oh, Okay, so <laughs> since <Yeah. laughs> since you've joined the grand jury, since you were assigned to the grand jury for this year, which one of the ten records has surprised you the most, and why? Yeah, it's definitely uh, pretty exciting, but pretty stressful. Uh, a lot of them surprise me for a lot of different reasons, and so your your descriptor of kind of the process makes a lot of sense. So uh, this is my second year on the broader jury, and. Um, I believe the first year the same thing happened. None of my long list uh, ballot entries <laughs> made it. Uh, so that kind of definitely immediately changes your process when you're narrowed down to 40 and you have to vote again. And then now in the, the rare circumstance that it's narrowed down and then you have to you know participate to choose who the winner is going to be, it definitely changes a lot of things. Um, the one that made the most distinct different impression on me is probably because it was one of the albums uh, on the shortlist that I was the least familiar with. Uh, there's a couple that I wasn't super familiar with. Uh, pretty much all of them I'd at least heard a little bit uh, or knew of the artist. And uh, some of the ones I was a little not super familiar with in listening was just because I knew that it was maybe not something that really interests me a lot. So in the past, I hadn't really listened to it very much. So I kind of had to start there for sure, uh, listening to things that uh, that I hadn't listened to very much like a um, like a uh, maybe a genre of music that didn't interest you sure that's a that's a certainly something I found once or twice uh, but not really with this one it was just that uh, I hadn't really heard much about the artist and so the one that's made the most uh, spin a, a little bit of the most surprising me is the Lido Pimienta record oh nice uh, La Papessa which actually made such an impression on me actually in the voting from long list to shortlist that I ended up uh, putting it on my shortlist ballot um, and now listen to it even more now that it did make the shortlist. And uh, I just find it to be really distinct from the other nominees. Uh, certainly there's a little bit of crossover in genre, but it really stands out to me. It has really interesting themes, uh, just a real mix of styles. And certainly the vocals are pretty unique and stand out for sure. Um, and the artists I learned the most about and also learned that I'd actually heard uh, in a few different situations. I didn't realize that she was one of the featured artists on We Are the Hallucination. Mm -hmm. um, and just I think it would be really exciting to potentially have uh, an artist of Latin American descent take home the prize. Uh, I have found that the Players Prize has been pretty good at uh, awarding diverse winners in the past. So 
I think it's, uh, you know, pretty, uh, from my interpretation, she's the artist that uh, of the 10 maybe had the least amount of press attention before this album, before this album was uh, nominated. Maybe that's just where I'm located that it hadn't really uh, mm-hmm. crossed into the Maritimes. Um, since then, uh, you aptly mentioned Sappy Fest, where she definitely uh, blew the house down for sure. From what I've heard, uh, she put on a pretty amazing set there. So, uh, yeah, that's the one, I guess, of the 10 that uh, that made the biggest impact me on continued listens that uh, that maybe I wasn't very familiar with before then. So without revealing too much more, is it safe to say that going into the deliberation when we all convene, has your mind changed a little bit about uh, where you were at the beginning of this process, and now as you end, as, as we ed- get closer to the end, are you? Do you think your mind has changed at all? Yeah, if anything, my mind's really open, and I feel like uh, I'm pretty interested in getting into these conversations because I feel like I can be pretty swayed, possibly uh, through learning <laughs> different things and through continuing to listen to the. You know, I still have a, lots of time to keep listening to these records, especially on the plane uh, on the way to Toronto for sure. Um, I think, and maybe it's just because I'm in a different situation, but certainly in the past, I felt like I knew automatically what was my most favorite, the album that I really, really wanted to win. Uh, but now that I'm a little bit uh, a part of that process, it's, uh, it's certainly uh, a lot more difficult. And uh, yeah, I certainly have a few favorites, uh, and and a couple albums that maybe don't really interest me all that much, but uh, I don't know that I have a I don't know that there's an album right now that's at the very very top of the list of leagues away from the rest for me right now. So okay. it should be really interesting. Well, I thank you for this, Brian, and I wish you the best of luck in this process. And uh, I hope uh, whatever happens in the end uh, is satisfactory for you. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's pretty exciting, no matter what that. Uh, that someone's going to get these accolades and also get a pretty uh, pretty handy check towards uh, some other artistic casa there. So either way, I'll be pretty happy. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I'm looking forward to it. My name is Francella Fialos. I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I work at CKDU, which is the campus radio station for Dalhousie University, and I am a Polaris Prize Grand Juror. That's amazing. Congratulations, Francella. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Now, as a Grand Juror, I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, what was your top shortlist choice before you were selected as a Grand Jury member, and why? My top shortlist choice for my ballot was uh, La Papessa by Lido Pimienta. Uh, this was an album I kind of discovered way after her release in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just so easily captivated by it. There's just so much intricate layering of the music. The production is just so beautiful. Her vocals, like she has such an interesting range. Um, and... You know, as someone who is Latin American, uh, it was just so refreshing and inspiring for me to hear someone create an album entirely in Spanish and speak about the Latinx, uh, the Latino community and diaspora here in Canada. Like, I don't I don't see that at all anywhere else. And to see that in an album that was so captivating and reminded me of Bjork and Grimes and M.I.A. was just an unbelievable treat for me. Unbelievable. That's uh, great. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. I don't have Spanish. You you understood and understand what Lido is saying in her songs, right? Yeah, I understand it, but there are some things where it's like I have to call my mom and ask her what that means because with Spanish, um, everything it doesn't translate equally for country to country. Mm-hmm. So Lido Pimienta is from Colombia. Uh, my parents are from Nicaragua. So there are some differences in the, I guess, like the syntax and the dialect and stuff like that. So not everything is 100% in my mind when I hear it, but 
obviously like a lot of the grander themes and a lot of the grander messages I, I totally understand and can connect with. But the thing about her album and her work is that you don't even have to understand Spanish to feel moved by it. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people here in Halifax who are big fans of her work. She was here at the Kyber not that long ago doing a residency. She'll be back for Pop Explosion. She wasn't that far off when she played Sappy Fest in Sackville. And just so many people are moved by it. And they cry. They feel so connected to the music. And I feel like that is a very rare gift for someone to have and for someone to communicate. Um, So I think this album deserves the top prize. Um, But I'm happy to discuss that more at the actual (laughs) deliberation process. That's right. Just because you feel that way. Not everyone necessarily is going to feel that way. Everyone's going to have their, their top pick. So Yeah, everyone's going to have their album. That's right. Well, I, I concur with everything you said. I'm a huge fan of Lido's as well. So thank you for that. Uh, the, the next question then is, because so people understand this, we you know you end up on the jury, the large jury. It's a large yes. jury. It's a broad jury. But then uh, a select few each year are selected for the grand jury. And so you are a grand jury member. You have an actual vote in how the final thing plays out. Since you joined the grand jury, you went in thinking Lido was number one. Which one of these 10 records has surprised you the most and why? Um, I think the Tanya Tagak record. Our mother grows angry. Retribution will be swift. We squander her soil and suck out her sweet black blood to burn it. We turn money into God and salivate over opportunities to crumple and crinkle our souls for that paper, that gold. Money has spent us. I went into the jury process not really thinking it was as strong as her previous record, which won the Polaris Prize, mm-hmm. Animism. Mm-hmm. But then I listened to it again, just on my commute, and like, I really tried to take myself where she was going. I really tried to be part of the journey that she wanted to take me. And I think it's her strongest work now. Oh, I think, interesting. Yeah, I think like it's, it's a phenomenal album, and I, I love it. I love the places where she goes to. They're very dark, they're very brooding, but they're still very vivid. And, like, she's just amazing to me. Like, sometimes, like, in bed in the mornings, I just reflect on how cool Tanya Tagak is. Like, she probably is the coolest person in the country. Um, <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> like, she is so cool to me. And, and yeah, I thought that I didn't really like that album at first. But, no, that is an easy favorite now, Retribution. Um, yeah, I really like that album. Okay, that's fascinating. So, if it's better than the one that won... Don't you, aren't you sort of indicating that maybe it should win again? She should win again, rather? Uh, well, I think my heart is for uh, La Papessa. Like, okay. I think that is okay. the album that really speaks to me and has really moved me. Um, while I was very impressed with Tani Dagok's record and while I think, like, it was such a, a mesmerizing experience to listen to that, um, I still think that Lido Pimienta is an album that I would go back in five years, 10 years, 15 years. Um, and I'm not sure if I could make the same argument with Retribution as much as I love it. But uh, yeah, like, again, just speaking from a very personal standpoint, um, Lido Pimienta's album is is just probably going to be one of those albums for me that I take with me for many, many years. All right. Well, I appreciate your insight here, and I wish you the best of luck in your deliberations uh, going forward and uh, you know I hope for your sake that your top choices or at least one of them I suppose wins okay thank you Hi, my name is Nick Crew, and I'm a freelance writer with the Toronto Star, SoCan's Words and Music, and FYI Music News, and I'm thrilled to be a grand juror in this year's 2017 uh, Polaris Music Prize. Hi, Nick. Thanks for being on this show. You're in Toronto, I take it? I am, yes. Sorry. I I, I do live in Toronto, yes. No, no, you don't have to apologize. I mean, a lot of people (laughs) who live in Toronto do apologize, but you don't have to apologize for that. It's a... 
It's a weird city. It's a it's a good city. You've lived there a long time. Uh, yeah, I've lived here. Uh, I was born here, then uh, was raised in St. Catharines, and then uh, moved to Hamilton, where I was the Hamilton Spectator rock critic for a while, and then uh, moved back here. Nice. Excellent. Well, uh, you have a bit of uh, jury duty here, as do I, and so I have a couple of questions for you. The first one is... Guilty. Oh, wait a minute. That's a different type no, of jury. No, no, no. Different type of jury. No, oh, we're, okay, I don't right, think right. we have to put anyone away. Oh, okay. Good. In, okay, in good. fact, it's going to be a liberating experience for whoever is selected i would never mind i don't like this analogy it's sort of weird uh, <laughs> what was your top shortlist choice uh in that gap before you were selected as a grand jury member and why uh the top uh choice was we are the hallucination or hallucination by a tribe called red and the reason uh, I just found it uh, just an amazing uh, piece of work. First, for one thing, it's like their their uh, third album, and it's you know light years beyond anything that they've done. They've really come together with a with a great artistic vision. And plus, with all the attention being uh, being focused on on the indigenous um, situation right now, and, and uh, reconciliation, and a number of things that Canada should probably be feeling guilty for, uh, who else better than to, to to describe the entire situation than a tribe called Red, which is a an indigenous uh, trio? So, I mean, I thought that they did a fascinating job, and and the other the other aspect of it too that I really appreciated is I'm a big John Trudell fan, and this I think is the last thing that he did. Before he passed away, mm-hmm. it was indeed, and it's quite a. He basically framed the whole record, um, mm-hmm. conceptualized it in a way, or maybe he, that wasn't his intent. But they took what he, he, uh, he offered them, and it became this concept record. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's quite strong as well. All right, well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Since joining the grand jury, mm-hmm. which one of these ten records has surprised you the most, and why? Uh, to be honest, there really hasn't been uh, any one that surprised me in terms of, of uh, its artistic revelation. I mean, I think that, you know, again, speaking to uh, to strengths, uh, I think both, you know, uh, I think Gord Downey, I think that uh, that Tanya Tagak, and I think that um, Leonard Cohen uh, had, all came up with very strong records. I mean, in Leonard's case, I mean, obviously it was his last one, but I mean, it was just so... Uh, uh, so ominous and such a revelation in terms of the way he was seeing everything. Uh, it just made it a very touching record. Yeah, it was a stock taking of, of, of his life, really. Yeah, so it's, uh, and it was done brilliantly, too. I mean, uh, he just seemed to me the last three or four albums, he was just, you know, leading up to this sort of crescendo. Mm. Uh, and so it's, uh, and this coda. So, I mean, uh, you know, that was, the, that was brilliant as well. But uh, there really wasn't anything that... Uh, you know, I may have been surprised at some of the selections that made the top ten, but I wasn't actually surprised at, uh, at any of the artistic achievements. So nothing, nothing that you hadn't. Is that is it? So are you saying, in a sense, that when the ten came out, when the list of ten shortlisters came out, you were pretty familiar with each one? Yeah, I, I, I mean, one the the thing that I do uh, for every every Polaris uh, um, music prize year because I I vote as a juror no matter what, and I mean this is the first year that I'm a grand juror, but I listen to everything. I mean, I try and listen to everything at least twice or three times. Okay, but I become very familiar with with everything because I want to make sure. I mean, this to me this is such an important prize for whoever gets it. I mean, some people can uh, can you know can can take a fifty thousand dollar prize, and I mean it's a it's a great thing, but that's not necessarily something that they necessarily need. But there are others that this can make a, a lifetime of difference to. So I want, you know, it's a very serious prize, and I take it very seriously. Yeah, I can tell. Is 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 it safe to? Well, no. Let me ask you this. I don't think it's safe <laughs> to say because I, I haven't figured this out yet. After speaking with you, has your mind changed uh, throughout this process in terms of where your heart lies? Uh, and again, I'm not looking for a, a, an answer about where your heart's lying, where your mind and your heart are lying right now, but. Has anything about this process altered your view of what you're going to be championing uh, going forward? Not really, no. Okay, so you're pretty solid in what you think you're going to be saying. And yes. Doing. Okay, well, that's, that's good to hear. Well, uh, Nick, I, I, I really appreciate you 
uh, being with me here. Thank you so much for this, and I look forward to uh, meeting you next week, and, and best luck in this process going forward. Uh, same here, and same with you. That was the 349th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Antica Podcast Network and is available on iTunes, Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Overcast, among many other podcast platforms. If you can't find an episode or wish to learn more about me, please visit vishkana.com. All of the episodes are there, and all the information about me is, is pretty much there. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative or at Vish Khanna, that's me. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon, Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit Patreon.com slash Creative Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. And for your efforts, I will try to send you a gift. I can. I will. I will I will send you a gift. Just send me a message after you pledge and we can work something out. This episode would not be possible without our sponsors, Pizza Trocadero, whom you can call for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444, or check them out at trocaderoguelph.ca. The Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, and movie theater located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Learn more about them at bookshelf.ca. Planet Bean, freshly roasted, fair trade, certified organic coffee. For more information about them, planetbeancoffee.com. Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. Visit granddads.ca for more information about them. And to have a whole meal's worth of ingredients delivered right to your Canadian home, visit hellofresh.ca and use the promo code CREATIVE50. That's creative with a K, 5-0, for 50% off your first order. Well, that's another episode. Thank you for listening. Please go to all those podcast platforms and rate and review and like the show uh, because that helps us uh, do better and, and people find out about the show because we're we're in the high rankings there or something and it, it would be helpful. So please consider doing that. Otherwise, just be yourself. Do your thing. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.